Hello, this is Darren Pulsifer, Chief Solution Architect of Public Sector at Intel. And welcome to Embracing Digital Transformation, where we investigate effective change leveraging people, process, and technology. On today's episode, advances in big memory architectures with special guest Charles Fan, CEO of Memverge. Uh, Charles, welcome to the show. Hey, Darren. Glad to be here. It's, I'm glad to have you back. It's been, what, six months, seven months since you've been yeah. on the show? Yeah. Something uh, like that. Yeah. Last time we talked about use cases. That was great. We even did a spot together for supercomputing. That's right. Yeah. with uh, It was you and I and uh, Penguin was on. We showed right. how fat nodes worked in high-performance uh, clusters. But today, you got some exciting things for, for me today to talk about how Memverge is really changing uh, the use of data and memory. Um, what do you got new for me today? What's that new hot topic in the memory realm? Well, the, uh, the big uh, keyword is th three letters, uh, CXL. So that's uh, getting a lot of buzz. And, um, and we have you know, a very uh, strong ecosystem being uh, developed from the, uh, the whole side, the CPUs, Intel, AMD, others who are uh, supporting CXL in their next gen uh, platforms, uh, Sapphire Rapids, Genoa, and so on. And then we have the people on the memory side, including Intel Optane, uh, share that their fourth generation uh, will be on CXL. We have a new product coming out of Samsung, Micron, SK Hynix, all the leaders in the memory space as well. And we have new interconnect that are being developed that can potentially connect memory with the fabric. So it will be a fabric enabled memory that can be shared across multiple servers. So I think that's a very exciting development. In now, the what does CXL stand for? I've heard the, I've heard the letters flying yeah. around. Do you remember what it stands for? It stands for Compute Express Link. So right, Compute Express Link. So yeah. this, is, this is a game changer, right? It is a game changer. And, and, and this essentially is a new memory protocol that runs on top of standard PCIe, uh, in particular PCIe Gen 5 and later. Uh, and so it runs on a, the, sort of the most standard uh, interconnect and now you can run memory on top of it. You know, before PCIe, you can put a lot of stuff. You can have a GPU there, you can have uh, you know, various processors there, you can have your network car, you can have your storage systems but you cannot have your memory there. Now CXL allows you to put memory on PCIe and therefore not only it can be inside the box on PCIe, but in the future with PCIe switching, you can have uh, the memory to be on the fabric and become composable and shareable. across. Okay, so so those of you that heard about members before, this is, a, this is perfect for you guys. Yes, we, we've been waiting for this for the last five years. <laughs> yeah, because you guys, you guys have a software-defined memory controller, which right. in order to make this all really work um, with lots of different applications and, and use cases, you'll need something like that. And you guys already have it. Right. Uh, and it opened a, a, a complete different new world for the software that we have been developing. Uh, you know, I often think about this uh, with analogy, uh, uh, you know, uh, analogy to the storage world, which I had been working in for the last 20 years before I started uh, Memberge. 
And uh, uh, so the storage industry started around end of 80s, beginning of 1990s, uh, when uh, fiber channel came along. Uh, that allow you to changing the model from a direct attached storage that's inside a server or directly one-on-one attached to a server into a fabric-based uh, storage uh, architecture or storage area network, SAN, as it was called. So once it's externalized, it's disaggregated from compute, that makes it independent, make it scalable, and make it more manageable. And you can protect it better, you can have a higher utilization, and you can have better agility in terms of assigning these resources to the various uh, different computing uh, hosts. So really you are turning physical resources that's hardwired to a particular computing system into a logical resource that can be dynamically allocated to various uh, computing units. Well, and, so, yeah. Yeah, so do you see maybe a box just full of petabytes of PMIM and that's all it's in that box and thousands of computers attached to it? I mean, it, yeah. almost, like a, almost like a SAN. Yes, something like, like that. So, 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 so it's, it's like a- Network, wow. So it's like a memory area network. Uh, <laughs> rather than storage and network. All right, and, we, uh, we just we just coined that today. Memory area man. network. Man, <laughs> we are creating man. <laughs> Charles Fan is the man. He's the creative man. This is this is pretty. This is this is a game. This is huge because I I can now start imagining. I may even be able to go directly from network cards directly into memory, with CXL, and bypass the CPU completely. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so you know, immediately it's not network network card. It will be uh, you know the through the CXL capability. So CXL is new the new network for right. Yeah. For uh, for this. And by the way, there is a very strong CXL consortium uh, being assembled with Intel being one of the driving members and uh, and their other industry leaders almost all participating in this consortium. And they have been defining the standard. Uh, now 1.1 is the first version of the standard that's gonna materialize in the new platforms, uh, including Sapphire Rapids, which is gonna support 1.1. Uh, and 2.0 has already been defined uh, that has additional capabilities, including this uh, sort of externalization and switching uh, of, uh, of CXL. And then 3.0 is being actively uh, defined right now. And that's going to try to standardize some of the way how this can be shared and provisioned and all the control pass protocols associated with that. So there is standard body work that's happening in parallel. At the same time, the industry uh, are, we are looking at the first CXL product coming out by the end of this year. That That's awesome. So it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because it's not just a faster connection. Mm -hmm. There's protocols here because dealing with memory is very different than dealing with storage. That's right. Right. Because so, there, there needs to be more communication and acknowledgements right. and things like that. Right. And, and, and for one thing, it's a thousand times faster in terms of latency. Yeah, there so, you go. <laughs> right. So storage, you're you are talking about uh, you know, microseconds of latency, and that's a very fast network. Even RDMA have a few microseconds of latency. And with CXL, you're talking about uh, uh, 100, 200 nanoseconds of latency. So that's uh, latency on the memory scale. Um, so it's much faster. So it will be different. So it's only analogy, not exact. 
but yeah. some of the same concept applies. So this is where you, you increase the utilization. This is where you increase the manageability. And this is where you can allow more agility. Uh, and this is where you can provide higher availability and uh, productivity uh, in terms of the use of, uh, of memory. Well, and, and this could change the way that we even think about the way we provision uh, resources for an application. I can, I can now provision memory dynamically, right? Right, right. right. So, so you can provision memory as needed and it doesn't all have to fit into the server box. Uh, so to give you a more concrete answer to your earlier comment, so this is not gonna, at, the, at least in the immediate future, uh, connect to thousands of nodes. So we think right. this is more of a rack scale uh, 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 architecture. It's, it will be a rack top or rack bottom uh, a switch or a memory uh, a box. Uh, that uh, that's just a box of memory, uh, and uh, and that's box of CXL memory. This could including DRAM, could including Optane, could including other type of memory, all within that uh, box, and uh, and that box is connected to all the servers on the rack through this CXL, PCIe Gen five link, um, and then each of the servers in that rack will have some memory inside, and then if they need more memory than what's inside, then they go provision out of this memory box to uh, really to add to the local memory they have. Well, so this is one model how this could be used. Yeah, that that opens up. Uh, I, I, I was just talking to a customer that had a really large database. Right. It was something like 50, 60 terabytes. Right. And they wanted to run all these queries on it. And it's just taken forever because... It had a, it couldn't bring everything into memory at once, right? Yeah. And and we've written very complex software to handle that not everything can fit into memory. Right. With this, you everything all, can fit into memory. Right. Theoretically, you always have enough memory for whatever you need actively. So so for all your active needs, you'll never be out of memory. And 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 also with your guys's technology, I can also snapshot it too, which means. It's persistent. It's, it's protected, right? It's protected uh, and persistent. Right, right, and this is especially more important when your memory becomes bigger. <laughs> yeah, when you put oh, yeah, everything yeah. in memory, then you do need to protect it uh, because if you lose it, you lose more. It's harder to reconstruct. This is a major paradigm shift for a lot of programmers. Yeah. Yeah, right. and we've talked about this before. How is that? How is that going for you guys? Are you finding people wanting to adopt this more? Hey, I can persist my memory without having to write a um, a, a middle layer, right? A database right, right, or right. an ORM or whatever it is right. that I'm converting. So th that's a great question. Um, so I think for the CXL to take off, um, it needs. Um, a few things. First, on the hardware side, it needs the uh, uh, all the hardware uh, leaders, uh, manufacturers, uh, vendors to be on board and to embrace the same standards. And that just happened over the last year. So I think so there are some competing protocols that has been merged or stopped. So there is a single standard that everyone uh, is supporting. Second, uh, like you said, you need the applications 
to be able to use it. And the best way of achieving that is you can do it the way that there's no change needed from the application. And, and that's exactly what happened actually when storage area network came about. You know, from a database point of view, you don't, don't actually care have where to it is. You don't, you don't have to rewrite, whether you're using a, a hard drive in your computer or you're using a SAN uh, log, it's the same thing for the application uh, as far as the application is concerned. And I think we're gonna see the same thing here with CXL, that uh, between what standards provide and what operating system supports and with software such as ours that can do the auto tiering between PDR memory and CXL memory, you know, if, if you, uh, listen for the audience, listen to our first show, you know, that's our first feature is to be able to auto tier between yeah. different type of memory. Now we just apply that to DDR and CXL and make that transparent to the applications and they can and just, they don't care. you don't care where, where it goes. Right? So, so you guys with, with Memverge, you guys can really offer that abstraction layer. Right. Um, uh, almost, almost to the point that we saw what VMware did with VMs, right? Right. It's a memory virtualization, essentially, or software-defined mem software memory that we are handling the actual placement onto the physical memory, and all the application care about is going to memory and doesn't even. Need and to I know. don't even care. And and right. and like we've mentioned before, you guys offer more than just the tiering. You because you you created a full uh, software-defined right. memory controller which yeah. gives you a lot more like management of memory. Um, and one of the most beautiful things that I thought was <laughs> snapshots. That's, that's correct. Uh, so, you know, the first thing we want to do is make the memory transparent, uh, the big memory transparent to the application so they can enjoy the higher capacity that they will never run out of memory again. Now, once you have that, uh, the need for data services, or at least the data protection goes up because the memory is oh, bigger. Oh yeah, it's huge, yeah. You need to protect it. And when you look at data protection, a uh, fundamental service that people have figured out how to protect data is by taking a point in time snapshot. So this is you get a consistent state of your storage or of your memory system, wherever you store your data and being able to remember it. And you can recover to that point in time at any time. Uh, and this is what we developed is an in-memory snapshot service that can capture per application its entire state in memory. And we'll make sure that state is immutable and it can be recovered anytime, anywhere. Uh, and, and we are very excited about that uh, snapshot service. And, and there, there are many, many use cases with that. Oh yeah, and my I brain's just going wild on that one. Like <laughs> ransomware, Right. mediation, right? I, right. If I have a snapshot of my systems, right. you can I can just go back to a well-known state That's like right. that, right. right? I can have right. minimal downtime. There. Oh, man, this is... It's, it's like an autosave of your memory. Autosave. <laughs> <laughs> like a... <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes that autosave messes up. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, that, that's, that's very powerful. Um, so let, let's switch, let's switch CXL. I mean, that's future stuff. So that's not here today. That's next year stuff. But you guys, you guys are right on the front end of that. So when CXL comes out, you guys will be able to provide the services that you already do. That, that, that's, that's right.
let's talk about some use cases today. Um, some, yeah. some new use cases that you guys have found. Uh, you already We already talked about some really cool ones where you decrease cycle time on genomics research. Go back and listen to that old podcast. It, it, incredible what you guys did there. How can you use that same techniques in different areas? So give, give me some examples. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, talking about genomics, you know, we just won a couple of good awards. Um, oh, yeah. IMIT. Congratulations on that. <laughs> right. So the, uh, uh, it was, it actually just took place last week. Uh, it was great. We won both the uh, best of show as well as People's Choice Award. And they say this is the first time the same company won both awards <laughs> in the same show. So. Congratulations, Charles. That's awesome. Um, and, and, you guys have it. I'm a big fan of your guys. You guys already know that. Yeah. Yes. And, and in fact, this is exactly what I'm going to go into, the uh, the use case. And it's related to the snapshot, the cool snapshot feature that I just mentioned. And I think what uh, the people really like over there, um, both the judges as well as the you know the, all the bio researchers and all that, is our snapshot feature where we can quickly and easily capture a running pipeline and allow you to roll back and recover anytime you want. And then we introduced an additional use case based on snapshot, you know, for genomics use case as well as other use cases that really became the, the one more thing that, that, that got people excited. And that's how we use it on, on the cloud. Uh, so a lot of you know, these genomics people in particular and in general, almost everyone are looking to how to move to the cloud how to move to their you know, current uh, analytics pipeline, all these data intensive workloads, how do they map, move them to the cloud? And for some, it's been difficult because, uh, you know, for a number of reasons. And uh, one of the top reasons is it turns out cloud is not cheap. <laughs> it's, no, uh, it's not, it, it is. It's, uh, uh, it's actually more expensive. Uh, and, 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 you know, compared to you're running certain things on-prem, and if you want to build the exact same setup in the cloud and over a three year period, it's like three times the cost uh, of, uh, of what you would uh, have spent to buy that stuff on-prem. So that has been uh, a roadblock for some of these guys to go into cloud. But at the same time, cloud offers a lot of uh, goodness. You know, it's, it's really easy to use for the researchers. It's, they love to just be able to go there. Uh, and no, so now, the, the use case we discovered is that we can uh, allow them to go to the cloud, but at the cost lower than on-prem. Uh, and, and, and how- Okay, how did you do that? All right. <laughs> this is voodoo magic now, Charles, come on. <laughs> so, so now uh, the audience might know that uh, there's not so much of a secret that there is a, uh, another class of service all of these cloud service provide AWS, Azure, Google. Right, spot instances, right? Everyone right, knows right, right, spot instances. Um, and, and these are uh, cheaper instances as much as 70, 80, 90% off of your on-demand price. However, there's a catch where they can take it back anytime they feel like. <laughs> and, uh, and they give you like a 30 seconds to two minutes of notice. Not really enough time for you to do a lot of things to to deal with that. To right, especially if you're crunching binom right, uh, right. genomics research, right? Right, especially if you're crunching, especially if you have a lot of data in the memory, it's not even enough time to, you know, copy To them, dump it, yeah, yeah. Dump it into storage. So, uh, 
So therefore, you know, the cloud service providers are not recommending uh, you to use those for your stateful long running workload. Uh, you should uh, use it only for your stateless or you know, built-in for tolerant apps that doesn't care about things being taken away. Uh, then you can save costs. But for the genomics, for the big data apps, for the various uh, stateful apps, it doesn't apply. So, so you cannot use it until, until now, <laughs> until Memberage. Uh, so, so now with our snapshot capability that we have built-in a capability we call for tolerant service for the cloud, that we can take periodic snapshot of your running workload in any instance, including spot instance. So if you want to use it in spot instance, we can take uh, a snapshot every 20 minutes or every other interval that you define. And every time we just capture the Delta. And after we take the snapshot you know, in the background, we would move it to a storage service, whether it's S3 or whether it's just your data volume. Uh, and, uh, and in the case that if this instance is taken away, uh, then you have a snapshot that you can recover the instance from and then continue running from that point on. So essentially we give you a insurance uh, that allow you to use the low cost service with the protection, even if it goes away, that you can still continue. Yeah, you can, so, so here's an interesting question. Can you get an event? Because I know in a spot instance, they'll, they'll let you know this instance is going away in 30 yeah. seconds. Right. Can you capture that event and do the yes. snapshot? So we can. Uh, so, so uh, and that's uh, part of our process. So the notice to be exact is two, two minutes for AWS, one minute for Azure, 30 seconds for Google. Uh, and, uh, and we would capture that signal. And the first thing we'll do is try to do a new snapshot. And uh, however, just doing a snapshot is not enough because our snapshot is in memory and that just takes a split second. So that's yeah. right away. Uh, but then we need to move that thing to to a storage service. Um, and if, uh, if that's enough time for us to move it, then you have the latest, you don't, you don't lose anything. And, and because we have done the snapshot before, so all we need to move is the Delta. Is the Delta, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like 5%, 10% or 20%, depending on your workload, how much of the memory has changed. Uh, so it makes it high, more likely for you to be able to complete that uh, persistence move. Uh, within that 30 seconds to two minute time window, but it's not guaranteed. So, so th it's possible that we won't be able to finish this Delta move during that window, but no, it doesn't matter because in that case, we, we just go, go to the last good one. So, the, so the, go, go back to 20 minutes ago and, uh, and then you, we recover from that point. So you lose up to 20 minutes of work but you don't lose two weeks of work. <laughs> right, and, and you can fine tune that 20 minutes to whatever value right. you want, you, right? you can define the, the intervals, how frequently you want to take that snapshot. Uh, so so. That's, that's pretty cool because I can always go back to a known good state. Right, you can always go back to a known good state that give you the smallest RPO. All right, so all right, my brain's my brain's going crazy, right? Because I, I'm now thinking if I can take a snapshot of a running instance, right? Because I'm taking the snapshot of not just an application, I could take the snapshot of a whole container or whatever, right? Yeah. Whole instance, yeah, saved off. Does that mean I can reinstitute it anywhere? Yeah, you can reinstitute it anywhere. That, that that's like, okay. So like even are... back on prim, 
uh, yes, so, so you are uh, you, you are doing the advertisement for us yes. <laughs> right now. <laughs> so with this same technology, not only can you do provide the fault tolerance or high availability, but you can also provide the mobility service uh, you know, by capturing the application and move it to another instance. And this instance can be within the same cloud. It could be on-prem. It could be in another cloud. So, so this essentially allow you to dynamically move a long-running stateful workload uh, while it's running. So, so like uh, uh, by capturing a state and moving it uh, to to other places. So, wow. So this would have helped a lot. AWS and Azure and Google have all had some major outages. Right. This last year, right which, you know, they're growing. I understand there's a lot going on, but this could give me some resiliency in my operations as well. Right, right. Saying, exactly. hey, one region went down on AWS, I can move it to a different region. Yeah. I'm back up. No yes, problem. yes, exactly. And or, or I move it between clouds or on-prem. I can, this gives me a lot of mobile, man, a lot of mobility. Yeah, yes, and, and I think you also touched on another key word, which has been important for us in the last few months, which is containers. Uh, and so, so we have done some work to making sure we can capture the snapshot of a containerized application, including the containers. So, and then we can integrate with Kubernetes uh, and allow that to be orchestrated from, from Kubernetes. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, now th that, that is really fascinating because I know you, I know because we talked about this before, I can take a snapshot of a container now Right. Right. And I can multiply it several times. Right. Change and even change configurations and then run different. So right. I can I can get to a point on a simulation, like in genomics, and say, hmm, I want to try five or six different things out from this snapshot and yeah. go in different directions. Right. You you could replicate a clone from a snapshot uh, as well. Yeah. So, so so there there are a lot of interesting possibilities. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of interesting possibilities. Um, right. and, and especially if you tie it into like Kubernetes, it can make sure that all your network connectivity comes back up and everything's connected. So now I can have a mesh of these snapshots of containers that yeah. I'm just firing up left and right wherever. Yeah. And I, so you've given me stateful containers. That's right. Uh, That's, yeah, yeah now, now I'm going a little bit crazy in my head. <laughs> because yeah. I, I, this to me is a huge game a huge game yeah so i think we're into some big games for sure um i, I think you know uh, including the uh the cxl revolution that are happening yeah underneath. and you put cxl underneath and and then you have the uh the snapshot service on the cloud that can give you the encapsulation of the applications and allow you to go anywhere i think it's going to be a very powerful combination and uh there are a lot of exciting things that's gonna it, it, you know what charles it kind of reminds me of max headroom from the 1980s that tv show max headroom uh, for, uh, that's that, that's a little before my time that's before your time oh great i'm aging myself all, all all you older guys like me go out there and watch max headroom in the 90s and 80s and you'll know what i mean where, where things are completely mobile across multiple clouds in the data center. 
um, pr pretty impressive. Uh, and Charles, yeah, I'll, you, you I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> Go look it up. Well, in yeah. fact, we'll have a we'll have a picture on the blog of, of the Max Headroom guy up front. Well, That'll be that. cool. Yeah. Um, Charles, this has been I'll, every time I talk to you, I get blown away with uh, the things that you guys are doing. I'm glad to see you guys are getting awards. You deserve them. Uh, you guys are really on the cutting edge of uh, some of the latest and greatest technologies. Thank you. And it's been a pleasure uh, talking on this show every time. And Intel has been a tremendous partner uh, for us, you know, from obtaining to CXL now onto everything else we do as well. Yeah, the, the, I, I really see a bright future for computing and yep. one that uh, my kids won't even recognize. I, I have now three kids um, that have graduated in technology yep. and are now working in the industry. And I, I'm envious of them for the things that they're going to see. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very different from what we grew up with, for sure. Yeah, yeah. my daughter is just graduating this year, in, in another month. In so, another month? What's she graduating in? Uh, CS. In CS, computer science, yeah. yeah. That's so, my kids. I have an electrical engineer, a computer science, and an IT Okay, a graduate. Yeah. So I only got two, and my first one is CS. Second one will not be in technology, and it's it's a nice, it's good to have someone different. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully a lawyer or a doctor. You need to keep one of those in the family, right? We'll see. We'll see. All right, Charles. Again, right. hey, thanks, thanks. This has been wonderful. Thank you, thank you, Darren. Thank you for listening to Embracing Digital Transformation today. If you enjoyed our podcast, give it five stars on your favorite podcasting site or YouTube channel. You can find out more information about Embracing Digital Transformation at embracingdigital.org. Until next time, go out and do something wonderful.